You are listening to 757 Bytes, where we talk about innovation and entrepreneurship in the 757 community and beyond. To learn more about the 757 CoLab network of organizations, visit 757angelsgroup.com, 757accelerate.org, 757startupstudios.org, and be sure to connect with us through our social media channels. In 2015, when 757 Angels started, would you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that for three years in a row, they would be recognized by the Angel Capital Association as a top 10 angel network in all of North America? And last year, we were fortunate enough to crack the top three. Yeah. Did that even enter into your wildest Not fantasy? At all. We, I mean, we put together some, John and I put together some idea of like how many members we thought we could get, which was like on the order of 2025 initially. (laughs) Blew that number well well away. Um, No idea the amount of money that we... And I have to go back to Monique at this point in time because she developed a great strategy of vetting companies and working with the board to further vet them. She really set our strategy in stone such that when we... Excuse me, when we brought companies out to the members... They were really interesting companies, but I don't think I had any idea. I'm sure John had no idea that we could raise this sort of money out of this community. I remember being at a one of these community events, and there was a guy in front, and he was asking, he had a question for the crowd, how much money do you think 757 Angels has invested in early stage companies in this town? And it was like 2015 was the first year. And I knew it was like, I don't know, like $2 million, $3 million or something. And somebody guessed $60 million, I remember. And I was like, Pfft. That's great. Sure, that'll never that'll never happen. And um, then all of a sudden, it just kept happening. People stood by good companies, great companies, in, in a deep way. Hampton Roads is not a, a tier one market. It's not the population of New York or Austin or Silicon Valley. It's always going to be kind of a second or third tier market, or at least has been up to date. And there's tremendous efforts to continue the positive momentum that a lot of individuals and groups have started on. Can you talk to how crucial it is when you're developing an entrepreneurial and innovation ecosystem to have such an established angel group that's now grown into 757 CoLab, which harnesses the collective impact and vertical integration of 757 Accelerate and Studios to have something like that, such an asset in a region like Hampton Roads. I'll go first on this because I think it's it's actually interesting. The um, Go back to the wonder of Monique. So we started the Angel Network and, you know, Paul and I were very focused on it. I was very focused on it. Paul had all kinds of important things to do. This was kind of my important thing to do. And um, so I was working on it hard. And then about a year into it, you know, we had met with Monique, I don't know, <laughs> 100 times. <laughs> and, um, and she was talking about, like, getting involved and doing other things. And it was interesting because we met with the foundation that's 17 people, we had a list of things like mentorship and, and acceleration and all these different things that could have been chosen as the focuses, foci, whatever that word is, of what we were doing. And, and we chose not to do some of those. We chose to focus on capital. But if you fast forward and think about it, Paul, like, remember that list? We were at IV Watch and there was a list and we voted on what we wanted right, to do. Right, exactly. And, and capital won by a lot. And we're kind of doing all those things now. Yeah. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Monique was not, her vision was bigger than my vision. Her vision was that she wanted to do what has become now. I don't know if she knew all these different parts of collab with the accelerator and, and the, it, the relationship between the cities getting along. I was big on this. 
I was always, I'm from Cincinnati and everybody in Cincinnati kind of works together because they're part of Hamilton County or whatever. But here this area was kind of known for being, you know, cities not necessarily getting along. Angels was set up from the first day to be an area code. Okay, it was not to be Norfolk, it wasn't Virginia Beach, it wasn't Newport News, it wasn't Norfolk Southern, it wasn't Dollar Tree, it was an area code. And you look at the economic development, people like Florence, Florence Kingston up in Newport News and people in Norfolk, I mean, they got together in this thing. And that was sort of all, I think, because Monique challenged us to think bigger than just the network. And now I'm sitting in a room, my God, it's a, got a conference, it's got, a, we got like a studio, and I got, I got Hunter and, and Assembly. It's just fascinating. And it has, not to as great an extent that I would hope, but it has brought together the entire Hampton Roads market, including the peninsula. And historically, they were two very different sides. But now I'm thinking, are we going to have to now be like 757948 <laughs> Angels, 757948 Colab? What's going to happen with that? Anyway, um, but it has brought together in a regional way all of Hampton Roads that we had hoped, maybe not as much as ultimately I'd hoped, but it's still a work in progress. The current investment thesis of 757 Angels is industry agnostic, meaning that they are open to investing in any industry and they have to have a significant geographic profile in Virginia. And be a growth business. Absolutely. Growth oriented or investable. So with that, my question is kind of one of the questions that we hear from earlier stage founders is what do the angel group, how can I position and separate myself from all of the other startups that are doing well there? Do you have any advice or clues? And I know that's a loaded question and it varies so much there. John's pointing at me, so I will take this one. We do have kind of, and this was set up early on. I don't think we necessarily pull it out, but there were kind of a, a list of things that we looked for in businesses. Uh, the obviously uh, a growth path that was uh, understandable and believable. But one thing that I've always focused on more than anything else is the entrepreneur and the team. I have seen over the years, and John's heard me say this, I've seen over the years lots of great ideas that have failed miserably because they didn't have a team. And I've seen some really stupid ideas that have become huge companies simply because they had the entrepreneur, the founder, and somewhat of the team to build it. So for me, it's always been, you know, make sure that your, your team is right. Your founder has to be incredibly driven. And as far as I'm concerned, needs to park their ego outside the door. They need to make sure the team they, that he or she puts together, if they're smarter than he or she is, that's great, as long as it's the right team. I don't think you can build a huge business if you've got too large an ego. Now, Elon Musk would disagree with that, but <laughs> you know, there, are some, there are some exceptions to the rule, as far as I know. Um, I, I deal with a lot of the early stage folks like Paul does. And, and one of the things that the group has, has brought, we've brought a bunch of expertise in a bunch of different areas. I'm not real good about talking about total addressable market. And a lot of these issues, we get some of these healthcare companies and they're going to cure diabetes. I have no idea. But what I can do is add in, I'm real good at like gauging team members and I'm real good at pushing you know, who your customers and what's your revenue model. So that's kind of what my, my, my piece is. And a lot of people have that. But that other people have different things that they bring in that adds to it. So if I was going to talk to, and I talk to, like the people here all the time, you know, what would you do? Well, get as many inputs as you can so that you have a plan that's going to make sense. One of the big things that Paul pushed us to do, 
from the beginning was to say to people, not only do we want your revenue to generally be driven from outside the area, but we understood that especially these really high net worth folks and everybody have financial advisors, right? And the financial advisors are taking care of 85, 90% of their money. So there's going to be a small sliver, if you will, some people's slivers bigger than others, but but of money they will try to mess around with. And if, if I'm going to get 8 9% on the market, maybe 10% cash on cash from real estate, and I got a sliver of money, I'm not going to mess around with uh, with an 8% return. I want a big return. So I want a shot at getting 5, 10 times my money, you know? So we've always looked at these companies. So if a company comes in and says their pre-money is $5 million and we're going to put money on top of that, instantly Paul and I say, well, could this be a $50 million company someday? And Or if it's a $10 million, well, it's got to be a $100 million company. So, so people begin to realize that these valuations they throw out because they think that they're really smart and they deserve it have consequence. So you got to think hard about how, how hard you hit us. Because we know our investors want to be able to come up with a very nice return. Yeah, and I give John um, a tremendous amount of credit. He is lawyer to, I don't know, three quarters of the companies around here that are growing. And I don't know where he has any time to sleep. Um, But he's been really good. You know, there are business lawyers that are great at doing contracts and great at doing um, securities offerings and that sort of thing. But there are very few business lawyers that I've found that understand business and understand things like, you know, looking at budgets and projections and, and poking holes in it. And he's really good at doing that. And that's that's critical. It's one thing if you if you want to be successful, you need a good business lawyer that's not just about writing contracts, but it's about really being your advisor in how to grow your business. And he's done a great job of doing that with so many companies around here. A little over seven years into the formation of 757 Angels, how has that compared to the expectations that y'all had when you decided to really start this effort way back when? It's a, it's a moonshot more than anything else. But but uh, as John was saying earlier, for me, it's not just 757 Angels. It's 757 Colab. It's 757 Accelerate. It's Start Wheel. It's all the, you know, organizations that are growing up around and, and focusing on, on building the uh, innovation ecosystem around here. Clearly, we still don't have enough funding for the – I use it as bricks and mortar, but it's not bricks and mortar funding for all of these entities – require a lot of funding to keep going. Now, with, with 757 Angels, we do have a, a membership model and a membership fee, but but we're strained with that as we continue to grow as well. So we are continually having to look for new sources of capital to continue to invest in the ecosystem, the broader ecosystem. And I think that's true in any community. Unfortunately, unlike other states, our state has never really understood the importance of this. I think there have been efforts to try to get the state to understand a little bit more and put money behind these efforts, but we're a long way from getting there. And the, the states that have been most successful in building their entrepreneurial ecosystem are those like Colorado that spent a lot of money building it. In terms of whether we thought we'd ever be here, no, I never did. I do want to say real quickly, though, that I want to thank Paul for what he has said about me because it means a lot to me to come from – the guy who is the guy in town here. So thank you, Paul. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so when you get down to it, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of challenges. We're, we're still moving ahead. We want to keep growing. I want to accelerate to become, I had a son who did an accelerator and he, it was a really good accelerator. And, 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 but honestly, they didn't teach him a whole lot except, you know, get some money at the end. 
this accelerator is awesome. I mean, you with Evans and what you're doing, Hunter, you teach people a lot about really important stuff. Because I talk to these folks. Not I'm not, you know, I'm one of many who talks to them. And so that is solid as solid can be. Start wheel, this thing that's coming now, I didn't know if that was ever going to make it. My goodness, right now it's like people want to copy it. Yeah, around, around the, state. the state. Yeah, because it's like it's it's really putting people on the, you know, and again, Tim Ryan, superstar, right? right. And, you know, that's sort of like, you know, NFL, what do they want? Superstars. I mean, we want superstars and, and we're always out looking for them in this, in this mass of entrepreneurs. And there's a number of them in, in this building right now that I think are going to do real well, Hunter. If there was a message that you wanted to deliver to our elected leaders and politicians at the local, state, or federal level as it relates to innovation and entrepreneurship, what would that message be? One has to diversify your economy in any state. And unfortunately, Virginia has not done a great job of that. If we want to be a place that attracts talent, that attracts capital investment, yeah, Virginia gets this best place to start a business. But if you really look down at the ground level and not at the, you know, thousand foot level, it still needs a lot of work along that. So I'm constantly pushing, you know, elected officials, local, state, federal. You know, I go back to when Warner was, before he was even governor, he came around to help us form a, a venture fund here in Hampton Roads. Um, it's important to keep, you know, the all of the elected officials knowledgeable of what's going on, praise them. Even if they weren't, you know, part of the success, constantly praise them that you wouldn't be here without you, but keep them interested in the hope that they continue to find more and more dollars to invest in a needed area. Yeah, I mean, that's a challenge. We're, there's changes going on in Richmond right now that I have, I have hope for. You know, what I would ask them to do is kind of go back to where Paul and David Arias and I were way back in 15, which was we each had children that were, you know— doing very well, who were in in all cases not here. And we wanted them here. You know, we want them to live here. We want them to be part of this. And and so we, you know, when you start digging into that, you realize, well, it isn't just can we find, pick a son, daughter, one particular opportunity that's really attractive, because they're smart, right? They say, okay, well if I come to Hampton Roads, what if it doesn't work out or whatever? What if that company gets sold? You know, is there are there going to be like, you know, 10 or 12 other companies that I could go work at? And, you know, I know if I go to Seattle, I can probably get that. And if I go to Austin, I can probably get that. Can I get it in Norfolk and Virginia Beach and Newport News? I don't know. But that's what we're driving for. I mean, David and I, we, our sons were best friends in high school. And um, we're still driving for that. John, that's such a good point. And that was something that drove us— I, Totally forgot about that, drove us really from the beginning. We want a place where our, our, our kids want to return and be in business. Looking into a crystal ball in 10 years, where do you see 757 CoLab and 757 Angels? Well, in 10 years, I'm only going to be, almost going to be 80 years old. So <laughs> I'm going to be looking at the crystal ball probably out of a wheelchair at that point oh, in time. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I would hope that. They continue to grow and thrive. You know, it's always been my strategy to, you know, get things going and then hopefully bring the right people in and continue to build boards around whether it be charities or civic engagements like this and then kind of step back and and hope for the best. I think we've got great people around here that are going to continue to grow it. It may not be Monique, it may not be Evans in 10 years, but um, I think the seed has been well planted and I think the community 
And to some extent, the elected officials understand the importance of what we're all sitting around this table doing at this point in time. So hopefully it's going to just continue to grow and thrive. Will we be a, you know, a hotbed of activity? Um, I mean, we're not going to be Silicon Valley. We're not going to be Silicon Forest. Are we going to be Silicon Beach? I don't know. But, you know, it would be nice to think that we will. And as as looking at it, we just did this uh, little analysis success metric within Seven by Seven Angels, there's some really exciting businesses, really exciting businesses that they will continue to put um, 757 on the map. So hopefully that's just continue to grow and attract people to coming to the area because there are successful businesses here. I, I would say that I think in 10 years, there's going to be some big successes that are in our, in our platform right now. Two or three of them have not even been baked into our numbers yet. So there's some there's some pretty big successes out there. So that'll lead some exits. Exits make people happy. That makes them invest again. Ideally, I could see we we do have a need for a fund here at some point um, that can that can pick up where we leave off. Um, maybe more than one. You know, companies like SVT Robotics hopefully have driven other robotics companies to come to the area. You know, COVID changed so many things. I mean, the idea of needing to be anywhere. I, my son has worked for, he's now he's working for this thing in San Francisco. He, he's, he, he was in Seattle. He's still in Seattle, but he, he's, he's all virtual. Everybody's virtual. You know, why couldn't this be the virtual hub for the, every cool engineer in the world? You know, it's not a bad place to live. I don't know how to surf. I'm from Cincinnati. I, I do swimming pools, but I see my kids out there and they're having a blast. I mean, it, it isn't hard. I can tell you, cause I recruit a lot for our law firm. If I can get people to come here and look around, they will come here. You just got to get them here because they've never heard of it in many cases. So 10 years from now, a fund, network's still going. We have little Dubby's favorite word, clusters of robotics companies and clusters of port service companies and clusters of software as a service companies and whatever that means. And they all, a lot of them started at, at Accelerate or they started in startup studios and they were funded by angels. And I can see that for sure. One thing I would add to that, that would be my hope, is while... In Accelerate and Sub-Five Seven Angels, the vast majority of companies that get funding are from Hampton Roads or Greater Virginia. Um, there's still a lot of companies that it's not just Hampton Roads-centric. I would love to think in 10 years that we have so many deals coming out and so many you know companies ready for acceleration um, just here in Hampton Roads that it's 100% a Hampton Roads you know, and, and and yes, the majority are this area of Virginia, but we still have, still have work to do. Yeah, we do. Before we wrap up, any parting words, gentlemen? I will say that for me, this adventure that Mr. Hirschbiel got me started on has been probably the one of the highlights of my career. I love Angels. I love the collab. I love Accelerate. I love the fact I'm sitting here talking to you, Hunter. And I hope others are beginning to get a feel that we, they can feel that way too. And start feeling that way about the area. I'm not saying we char we caused this. We didn't cause anything. But we're part of what might help people think about this area differently. And I'm real proud of that. Well, John's been the best partner I could imagine to start off with. We really didn't know each other well um, when we began this process, but have gotten to know each other really well through some good times and bad times. Um, but I'd like to finish by just thanking you, Hunter, for all you're doing here. I mean, these sorts of podcasts, getting this sort of word out around everything we do with Accelerate and Angels and Start Wheel and all the above. I mean, it's all good stuff, but thank you for what you're doing here, Hunter. 
Well, it's easy when you have awesome folks like y'all. So it takes a community and team, and we're lucky to have two of them with us today. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode. 757 CoLab is a collaborative vehicle focused on growing an interconnected, inclusive, and impactful entrepreneurial ecosystem. 757 CoLab manages and coordinates the activities of three resources. 757 Angels, 757 Accelerate, and 757 Startup Studios.